0: Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to the Life, Death, and Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium. I know it seems like a strange combination, but that gives me a unique view of life and death. Death can be scary. I get that. That's why I'm doing this. I want to help people explore life, death, and what it all means. We are born and we die. What we do in the middle is the space between. My guest today knows a lot about what makes women tick. For more than two decades, Robin Miller Brecker has made her mark in the world of media, rising through the ranks to several top posts in Oprah Winfrey's media empire. On air and online, Robin has worked with the world's leading experts in health, spirituality, finance, relationships, beauty, fashion, and home decor. An eternal optimist, Robin is always seeking to evolve, and one night, a medium changed her life. She is here now to talk with me. Robin, thank you so much for coming in to chat about this. I understand you recently wrote an article appropriately titled, The Night a Medium Changed My Life. Can you tell us a little
1: about that article? Sure. So... What I wanted to do was capture something that happened to me back in 2010, because that moment and that experience really ended up propelling me to dive deeper into some other parts of spirituality that I had not investigated. So the article really tells a story about how, um, well, first of all, my dad passed away when I was 12 years old in 1987. So young. He was young. He was 41. And you were young. And I was young. Yes, yes. Um, and basically, I had never really thought about ever seeking a medium, right? Um, seeking talk, to talk to a medium. Um, I worked, you know, I, I've been working, I had been working for for Oprah um, at that point for 10 years. Um, and we actually had mediums come and go um, th- on the show. And yet... It just didn't really occur to me that maybe I, my dad and could reach out to me through a medium until um, one day I was with my daughter and I happened to look over, I think, and see um, our People magazine. I was flipping through it while my daughter was sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I came across <laughs> this woman who looked like she could be my friend, your friend. Mm-hmm. And I was reading her story and it talked about her being a medium. And there was something at that moment that clicked for me that was like, why have I never thought about that? Because I did not have closure with my dad's passing. My dad passed away of a heart attack, sudden heart attack, um, actually in my bedroom. And in your bedroom. I was home. I was home. um, And I actually, he was upstairs in my bedroom because it was the only room in the house that had air conditioning. And I was downstairs with my sister. My mom was across the street, and he had started to um, vomit, and so he kept kind of getting up, but he kept going back to my room to lay down because it was cooler in there. It was a hot July summer day, and um, at some point, he did say to me, "Can you go get your mom?" So I, so I did. I went. I got my mom. My dad never got sick,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and. She came home and, you know, all of a sudden she started screaming. I didn't know what she was screaming. And she, I mean, there's actually a phone in my bedroom, but she didn't use it. She was telling, screaming for me to call 911 and she was screaming heart attack. And I just, you know, within a few minutes, of course, I understood what she was saying. I was obviously so scared. I called 911 and I... Was swearing as a twelve-year-old girl, I'm swearing, and they thought it was a prank call, and so it took longer for them to actually send somebody. Whether or not that may have right. that, as you know, the more I've I've learned all about this, mm-hmm. I don't think that would have mattered. But it was, a, you know, a horrible experience. Right. Obviously, to carry that
0: weight yes. over yes. years, right? Like it's, whether or not we believe or or don't believe that we could have done something different or changed the outcome that doesn't change the feeling
1: of yes. guilt. It was. Could it was I have done something. Could I've like done Yes. at 12. at 12. Right. So um so what ended up obviously they ended up coming however much longer after um and obviously I never he 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 did um they did take him to the hospital and I don't know that he was I don't think he was pronounced Until he was at the hospital, but he was not conscious Mm -hmm. when he left my house, and I didn't get to say goodbye. Mm -hmm. And so that was something that I've always, I think, um, had to struggle with through these years: was not saying goodbye and not saying how much, you know, telling him how much I loved him, Mm -hmm. and because you just, you know, you're not. It was so sudden. Right. So when I read that article in People Magazine and um i realized maybe there is actually a way to to tell him how i fe- you know have felt and how grateful i i was for him um I, I read that and then honestly i had my daughter was not quite 2 years old and right, so i was the i was in the throes of that new, momhood, new momhood working mom and so i kind of just like read it never even said anything to my husband i just kind of filed it in the back of my head and then about a month later, at work, one of my um, responsibilities was actually bringing on new contributors um, to Oprah.com, who could eventually then be on the show, on the Oprah Winfrey Show. Okay. And I started getting calls from several different people, publicists, um, other you know, um, bookers, mm-hmm. that kind of you know people who book talent. I was getting emails and calls about this woman coming through Chicago. I'm not kidding you. I just didn't even put it together. I They, they said, this woman's coming. Um, she's a medium and she wants to meet with you. And I don't know why, again, I don't know why I didn't register until I walked into the room where this meeting had been set up at Harpo and there was Rebecca Rosen. And it was... It was really one of those full circle moments. And to be honest, it happened really quick, right? And I also think that's part of manifesting things, Mm -hmm. Um, which is that I really had been, I had been thinking about talking to a medium, not even just Rebecca. I I really didn't even think of that. Do you have
0: a sense for why at that time
1: for you, it felt like Like, it had
0: been brought into your consciousness in a way that it had never been before? Because you had exposure to- I did, I mean, tons of spiritual gurus I who did. probably talked about that. You know,
1: I wonder. I I I think about that, and I I actually think it could be a maturity thing. I I really don't. Not to say that I wasn't. I just maybe hadn't been ready. You know, and and I don't know if it took having my daughter, mm-hmm. um, and experiencing motherhood, um, to for the for it for it all to kind of. Align and come together. It's really it is interesting because it it did it hit me at that point in my life and it and it was I was just ready well, this gift and she had a book coming out which actually explained all of it called Spirited um, and then um, she invited myself and my colleagues to a reading that night and what's also interesting though and she would never have known. My dad's name or that he passed away or that he passed away of a heart attack. And in that meeting, examples that were coming up that she was trying to um, just give, you know, my colleagues and I examples of her work, she brought up the name Robert, which is my dad's name. Mm-hmm. She brought up having, you know, so like, let's say someone had a heart attack. And it was like, I to me, those were messages that I started to even pick up, not knowing that They probably were. Those were signs that he was trying to come through. Right,
0: right.
1: Um, And so she invited us to come to kind of a larger group reading, which was 200 people that night, um, which, of course, we made happen. Um, And we, we went to this reading and, you know, I was definitely a little nervous, not knowing what to expect. And, you know, she's really good at calming everybody in the audience, but going through a meditation. And I'm not kidding you. I can feel, and now every time when trying to kind of access that other realm, you can feel an energy come through. Mm-hmm. And in that case, you know, you had two hundred people who know who, who, if you think about how many different souls probably want to talk to those people, okay. is a lot of souls. Yeah. Um, you could feel that energy come through halfway through. Her readings, which just, I was just in awe by watching this little adorable woman walk around.
0: I I actually wonder if we were at the same reading that night.
1: I wonder. Because
0: I went to see her at Well Met Theater years ago, too.
1: Yeah. And, you know, just watching how she was able to connect Mm -hmm. um, these souls with the different people in the audience and, and how different people, without realizing it, total strangers, would end up sitting next to each other um, and not realize that there was a common denominator amongst them, right? Mm -hmm. There was a reason that almost our deceased relatives had us sit next to each other so that even if you didn't end up getting read, there were messages coming through that would apply to you. So she came over to um, the area where I was sitting and she was looking around me, not necessarily at me, and she just started saying, I have a Robert, no a Bob. He's talking about three women, three women. And my friend nudged me and she said, I think he's she's talking to you. And um, I waited another beat to see if anyone else raised their hand. But when she said the three women, and she said, and, and she said, I should say, um, he's something about his heart. Something hit, she had her hands over her heart, and she said something happened to his heart. And um, I raised my hand and I said, "I think you're talking to me." And she looked at that point, looked me in the eye, and she said, "Yes, I am." Who were
0: the three women? So the
1: three women were my mom, my sister, and I.
0: And your mom was not with you.
1: N- Correct. Um, neither my mom nor my sister were with me. And once Rebecca locked in that. This was for me. This was actually my dad. Um, you know, she's like he had a heart attack. And I said, yes. And she said she then said, now he's he's saying that you're a self-made woman. You're a self-made woman. You worked your way up. You worked your way up. And he's so proud of you. And when she said that, and the realization to me was this was. Definitely my dad talking and he was acknowledging all I had done, you know, since the time that I remember seeing him when Mm -hmm. I was 12, um, it, it made, it just, I just started crying. I couldn't, and you know, it it didn't matter that I was in front of 200 people. Some I knew, some I didn't, most I didn't. I was just crying because it was, it was such a blessing. I, I really did feel this was my dad. And, you know, she went on a little bit more about how, how he, how much he was proud of me. And, um, she then said, who's Harry? I have, he's talking about a Harry. And it took me a moment because I couldn't think of who Harry would be. And my friend nudged me again. And she said, I think she's talking about Jeff and he's talking about Jeff, which is my husband. And Jeff's name is Jeffrey Harry Brecker. And, um, Let's just say that Jeff's friends call him the Wookiee. and so um, he's definitely Harry, and we make fun of the fact that his middle name is Harry. So his sense of your dad's sense of humor was coming through definitely. And she said, "I said I think you're talking about my husband, whose middle name is Harry." And Rebecca said, "Your dad's getting such a kick out of himself." And my dad, you know, when when he was here on Earth was a jokester and and he still is i mean he still is a jokester um in this other in this other realm mm-hmm. um, and so he definitely was making fun of jeff <laughs> and um but also acknowledging you know in, in a playful loving way and she then said you know he you have one child she's like you have one child it's a girl and i do i have one child um, her name's bella and at the time she was you know just about not quite 2 yet and, um, he was definitely starting to address her and, um, talked about how she's a ray of light for all of us. And then she, Rebecca was seeing Bella playing the piano and he was trying to send this message. She's like, does your daughter play the piano? And of course she's right. <laughs> not yeah, quite too. She's on some Yeah, exactly. Like so, um... You know, she's like, I think she's gonna. He's showing me that she's gonna play the piano, and now he's. He, she could hear the song "Piano Man" by Billy Joel, and um, that actually happens to be Jeff's favorite song. Um, so on top of of all of this, right, it was right. very meaningful, and um, you know. And she then Rebecca went on to say, "Your dad's gonna do something with your phones. He's gonna make it known that um, that he that." that he's around. And he's also, she, he's also really connected to Bella. And so may, there may be something that Bella does that will, without a doubt, make you think of your dad.
0: So tell us, because Bella was two at the time. She yeah. obviously didn't know your dad. Correct. But she has, she is very
1: connected to him. She So is. can you
0: tell us about that? Sure. Experiences? Yeah.
1: So, you know within a, a a few weeks of you know maybe days i i can't remember the exact timing but um it was it was very soon after the this initial reading um i was coming home from work and i noticed that i had a couple of missed calls from from home and i had voicemails so um i pressed play to listen to the voicemail and the strangest thing was that I heard all this static. It was like, and then I heard my outgoing message. Hi, this is Robin. I can't come to the phone. And over that, and then more static, Mm -hmm. I heard my babysitter go, Robin, listen to this. And it was Bella going, Bobby, Grandpa Bobby, Bobby, Grandpa Bobby. And my babysitter said, she just started saying this. And I had
0: you been talking about no, your dad? No. Did you talk to him? Did you refer to him as Grandpa Bobby? Never, nothing,
1: never. To my to Bella, my uncle, um, my uncle your Bruce, dad's my dad's brother, was her grandpa. He really he took over as the father figure in my life after my dad passed away um, in nineteen eighty seven. And so, when we were raising Bella, you know, she was so young that we never thought about ever obviously talking about my dad who passed away to her my right. uncle was my dad and that was her grandpa and so um she calls him papa so my uncle bruce is papa to her so for her to even say bobby grandpa grandpa bobby mm-hmm. she doesn't even have a she calls her other grandfather poppy so she's papa and poppy and all of a and sudden no grandpa, no grandpa. so um, that was all on this voicemail, and you could hear it was very eerie over the over the static and the outgoing message to have this like two year old voice um, saying that. I mean, I, that was absolutely my dad coming through, right? Um, to make it known that he is connected to Bella. And really, what ended up happening over the years, because then it was even even that night, because I was so thinking about my dad, um, I had pulled out this little book that my mom had made me with all these pictures from when I was younger with my dad in them. And she had given it to me recently because she'd been clearing out some of her closets and found these old pictures. And I was open the book and I'm like flipping through it and Bella was sitting either on my lap or next to me. And she just pointed. She pointed at my dad and said, Bobby, Grandpa Bobby, and she. It was, it was. Val- I mean, I was in I mean, such shock. Right, um, right. It was validating, but shocking. You know, I. I that's that's really the word that I it comes to mind.
0: So there was something because you've had exposure to almost every spiritual guru out there at this point, having worked for Oprah. Mm-hmm. What was it about this experience? with Rebecca Rosen, that really shifted, I mean, in a lot of ways, your
1: entire life, right from
0: that point forward. It did. Changed
1: everything and how you saw the world. And Yeah, it did. I would say, you know, I always talk about the fact that um, in 2008, I, f- I had my first real spiritual awakening when I worked with Eckhart Tolle. I helped work with him and Elizabeth Lesser on a webcast that we called the New Earth Webcast.
0: So, for people who don't know either of those yes. folks,
1: can you talk I a little mean, about who
0: they are and w- what they
1: what they I would say right about you know what I would say is that they are both um, pinnacle people within the self help world who can absolutely help you shift the way you look at your every day and your every moment. Um, You know, they both have kind of their own takes on Mm -hmm. on the world. I think they're both very much about being in the moment Mm -hmm. and taking it moment by moment, being Mm -hmm. present in the moment. But then you'd have to really read about both of them to get – Um, But they are
0: raising your consciousness, basically, absolutely
1: raising your consciousness, and they're they are both individuals who help. I would say millions of lives, Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm one of them. You know, and when I, after working with them and just recognizing so much about my day to day that I was in control of, and never really recognized how much I have choices that I make, and I need to own those choices. um, That's just one aspect of it, but that that just even that changed my every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fast forward and here we are a couple of years later, I'm already in kind of a different state of how I approach my day to day and how fortunate. I just, I come from a place of gratitude, which I don't think I, I think I've always been a positive person, but I didn't recognize um, all the abundance and goodness in my life.
0: Well, and I think when you lose a parent early on, you, you can go two ways. You Mm -hmm. could go down the path of feeling robbed, that you lost something at such an early age when you need your parents, or you can look at things positively and think about how you can learn from those experiences and what you take
1: from those really painful experiences and how they can help you grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel – I do believe everything happens for a reason, even though when it's happening, you can't see that. Mm We could have a whole other show. That's a whole
0: on the everything happens for a reason discussion, right? Yes. People
1: who are going through hard times really struggle with that. Absolutely. And and I will say that I do believe, you know, for me, it put me on a certain path, and Mm -hmm. I was very fortunate to be around um, very loving and um, strong people to lift me up. Um, And so, you know, after after all of. Um, the kind of awakening I went through in two thousand eight, this was a whole le- other level because to me, I never thought that we could correspond with deceased loved ones. And I, I'm fairly normal, I swear. She is. <laughs> I, swear. I, can, I can
0: I can attest to that, even though you don't know me either at this point, right? We're not like two
1: but but we we women. No, we're really not, you know. And I. I will say that this there there is no other explanation. and mm-hmm. i and I have faith. I believe. I think sometimes we have to believe in what we can't see, right. And
0: I think some of it is when you it, it's one thing to hear someone say these things to you, right, And then you can go on your merry way. But when you experience it firsthand, it's incredibly powerful. It is, and you can't. It becomes something you can't deny because it was your experience, and if you're denying your whole your own experience, what does that mean
1: I couldn't agree more that ex- you have hit that right on you know on the head, and what else you know what uh, the other thing that happened um was within this same time frame within a few weeks, um, my sister who lived in New York at the time, was over at my condo. And it was late at night. Bella was sleeping. We had had a babysitter over that night. My husband, my sister, and I were back at our condo and we were sitting on the couch and our phones were up on a counter. And all of a sudden, they started both started ringing, buzzing. So I got up to check who was calling and our phones were calling each other. So... It said, my phone said Lauren Miller calling and her phone said Robin Miller Brecker calling. And we had both been sitting on the couch. No one was touching the phones. And I thought, okay, dad, we hear you. You are definitely within our lives. And I think it's just so interesting that that, for whatever reason, at this point in our lives, you know, we were both in our 30s, um, he came to be, mm-hmm. you know, he came He came to show up in a way that we had not had him for a long time. Or maybe you weren't able to or see. Oh, we just weren't it. seeing. Like, maybe he was At, trying. He right, absolutely because... was there. He absolutely was there. We just maybe weren't ready to um, be open mm-hmm. um, to accepting mm-hmm. his presence. So that was – all of that to me, It changed. it changed my life. It yeah. really did. I believe – you know, we all can have these experiences, you know, if if you're looking for them and open.
0: Right. And that's, I mean, that's part of why I'm doing this is to open people up. And one of the things that, one of my favorite quotes from your article was, when you lose someone you love suddenly, you realize no day is promised. So you live each
1: day to the fullest. So how do you do that on a day-to-day basis yeah. now? How do you practice that? Yeah. I mean, I I certainly started to do that I mean, somewhat soon after. I mean, I would I would say by the time I was in college. So if my dad passed away when I was going into seventh grade, um, by the time I was in college, yeah. I really was practicing that without even knowing it mm-hmm. um, because I feel like that happened so suddenly for me. I didn't get to say goodbye at the time. Um, and I now realize you don't ever have to really say goodbye. Right, which is really healing in and oh, of
0: itself too. Yes. Right. Is that there there isn't a goodbye. You know, it's funny, my grandma, my great grandma when she used to hang up the phone, would never say goodbye because she would say it's always a continuous conversation. Oh, I love that. And so there was never a goodbye. And I think of that all the time. Like yeah. there never has to be A real goodbye. No, not later
1: or accelerator. you later. (laughs) Especially with your soul people, right? And Mm -hmm. my dad certainly was a soul person for me, and still is. And I feel like I, from you know, knowing that he passed away so suddenly on Earth, um, I felt like I always want to tell people how I feel. So when I say live live your every day to its fullest, it means make sure number one you're showing your gratitude for those around you um, that you do love mm-hmm. um, and letting them know how you feel, being clear with, you know, with with your feelings day in and day out. Um, and also um, trying to live with no regrets. And that doesn't mean like go skydiving every day or d- – but right. like really live with um, – I would say live with a full heart, right? Live with – as much joy as you can bring to the table. And we know that n- not every day feels incredible when you wake up. But I'd really um, try after those mornings where it's a little bit hard to get out of bed, remind myself what a gift that day is mm-hmm. and try to treat everybody around me with respect and love um, until the t- time I go to sleep. And I try to I, – I honestly, most days and most people who know me know, like I – I get up early and I go to bed late because I'm trying to make the most of every minute because this lifetime, th- our days are not promised, right? right. For now.
0: And so. Well, and I think too, you know, I'm always thinking too about the people that come to therapy that are really struggling, that feel like, you know what, I don't, I can't live my day to the fullest. Like, mm-hmm. my life really sucks right now. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Frankly, a lot of people right now feel that way, you know, because I think there's sort of a global consciousness that's happening that feels really heavy. And so, when you think about this conceptually, how do you think about that when people are really struggling? Mm-hmm. How do you how do you integrate those I, two? Pieces? Yeah,
1: I think, and and believe me, I have to do this sometimes for myself at certain times in my life, and as of course for for friends or family members that mm-hmm. I know. I think you have to start small. I think some days do suck, you know? Mm-hmm. But if you start being grateful for the smallest thing, like I have shelter. I'm breathing. And the more that you start to show your gratitude for, for just even the small things, mm-hmm. they kind of start to build up because then gratitude begets gratitude. And that to me, that attra- it's like that law of attraction. So the more good you put out, the more good you're gonna get back. Mm-hmm. And I know for myself, when I used to, someone would say, How are you doing? And I'd be like, Eh, not great. Well, then, honestly, kind of like more not great things started to happen that day. Right. So right. I'm very conscious with those choice of words mm-hmm. um, because I think the more positivity, and it's not, and it comes from an authentic place. I, I'm not saying fake it. Right. I don't think it's fake it. Right. I think you have to really, dig deep, even on those days where it does... Sometimes life does kind of suck. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you start to look at the the smallest things, um, you know, maybe it's the sun, you know, or maybe it's just the fact that you, you know, you're... You, you, you are free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or maybe it really is...
0: The fact that you are alive, yeah. right? Because that's what we're talking about here is death. Yeah. And you are alive in a physical sense. You are here physically. Yes. And that is people's biggest fear is it that they're is. not going to be or that the people that they love are not going to be. It's tr- Or they're going to suffer like what you suffered at such a young age or, yes. you know, they're going to lose a child or whatever it is. And that impedes
1: their ability to have that gratitude. It's true. And so I, I do feel... I try to be grateful and realize that, like, I have a choice to be happy or sad, and I know sometimes that's hard mm-hmm. because there are circumstances that it. it sometimes you just don't want to get out of bed,
0: right? And sometimes people feel like they don't. That's not a choice. A choice.
1: Mm-hmm. But I, I have, I've even in my darkest times recognized that I, it is, it is, it is a choice. It is, and so I, I just start small. And sometimes it's only a couple things that I feel grateful for that day, mm-hmm. you know. But I do find the more and more you incorporate that into your life, the better the days become. And what's, it, it really does attract opportunity and possibility, um, love. Like all of that comes once you start being grateful for the smallest of things. Right.
0: And I guess it's probably pretty hard to argue with that given all you've accomplished. Yeah, and I feel the blessed. The love that you have and the friends I, that you have and… Who you're surrounded by, and yeah, you you do keep bringing that into your life, and so I, I think do. it speaks to that attitude of really bringing that on. And I would love to do a whole nother talk with you about that because I think you know that obviously the the um, lens that I want to bring to this is through the therapeutic lens as well of when people are really struggling, days do feel horrible. They feel like they don't have a choice that, and there there are real you know, chemical issues that go on with people. Absolutely. You know, this is, this Absolutely. is multi-level, Absolutely. multi-layered for
1: people. Yes.
0: And we're just opening up, I think, another level that people might not have considered. Yes. And that's
1: all I want and, for and today. And what I would say too is that when we talk about living life to the fullest and the days that are darker, it's about getting help. Mm-hmm. Because of course I needed help after my dad passed away. It took me a little bit of time to recognize that. Right. But I went to my – dark place too, you know, because I didn't understand and I was young. And with the right help out there, um, I was able to, they were even at that younger age when I was in my teens, they were able to help me come up with the small little steps and start by taking small steps to see the brighter picture Mm -hmm. and the bigger picture um, that made all the difference, and I think we all could use that help in different at different times in our lives, right and so I've certainly called on help, whether that's professional or friends, throughout my life. And I think that is what um, can keep you going and keep you positive, right and so I, I was fortunate enough to then end up working in a place where i I have had people come through the doors that have been able to really shine the light on how to pursue and, and progress through and evolve through life um, in this in this positive way. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I think that's, that's a huge point is with all of this, we're never alone. We're Even not. when we feel in our darkest moments like there is no one there. And, and you know, I've read a lot of different people who are mediums whose spiritual first experience was when they got on their knees and said, please, someone help me. And who showed up for them were oftentimes deceased loved ones. So we are never, we are always surrounded by people. Absolutely. Even when we feel like we are not.
1: Well, and after this experience happened, um, and of course I've talked to Rebecca many times since that that first time in 2010, and I've talked to other mediums and and healers, um, I, I just started investigating all of it myself. And, you know, what I have read into what you're saying is we are never alone. And whether that's deceased loved ones or what a lot of people call spirit guides, um, it's like we have our own people looking out for us all the time. We can't see them, but hopefully you can start to believe and feel them. feel them, right. And so you know that they want to help you um, accomplish whatever you intended to in this lifetime. I believe that wholeheartedly. So I just wanted to ask one more question before we go, which is, what advice
0: do you have for people who are scared or skeptical to try something like this? And how do you know if and when you're ready for this experience? So I would say
1: that if you're listening to this right now and it intrigues you um, and it hits you in a place where you're curious, you know, you, know, I would suggest there's a couple people that I recommend um, as resources at the end of my article. Um, and I would take a look at to see if they have either any openings um, or they may be coming to a city near you. And you may even just attend a larger event to see how it all works and how it, it kind of strikes you. It, you may end up getting a reading right there and then um, if it's the right time. And if it's not the right time, let's say you're there and you don't get a reading, don't give up. It just may not be that, you know, your spiritual people may have a different timeline, you know, for you. And so I would suggest maybe you then seek out another event or a smaller group or a one-on-one session if you're still curious and it's still something that you're kind of thinking about when you go to sleep at night. And here's what I'd say also, if you're listening to this and this just doesn't strike you as something that, you know, if, if anything, maybe it does kind of scare you, don't do it right now. I really would say don't do it right now. Right, right. Um because it will when the time is right, it will feel right. And sometimes for some of us that's when we're kind of at our darkest times, right? Um it could be you lost a job, you lost a loved one, um you're feeling lost in life. Um and this can be an alternative for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I would just say it's out there and it's there when you're ready and sometimes you start you may just start getting signs that you're like you start hearing about other people who have readings you happen to turn on
0: this podcast <laughs> this podcast right.
1: exactly right. you know there's are to me those are signs and if you're open to hearing or seeing them it will it will align with what you're supposed to be doing and so then all of a sudden someone may say to you did you know that so and so is doing a reading in my town and it will it will kind of I think, kind of work out.
0: Well, and I think what you're saying too is the signs don't have to be literally
1: like, you know, a marquee that says psychic in town, right? They're very <laughs> totally. subtle. <laughs> totally. And I would also say um, if when if and when you do go seek out someone, make sure it's someone that is reputable. It's someone that a friend of yours has seen and really believes in. Um, I, I do believe that you want to especially during your first experience you want to go to someone who um comes with a good reputation mm-hmm. you know that they're that they've been around for some time so that there really isn't doubt because when you see a somebody who is a is a good reader um, a good medium a good right. healer um there's no to me. There's no question. You right. can't really doubt what they're saying. Right, um, right. They they they're talking about things that nobody would ever know. Um, but you also have to you know be you have to be in the right mindset. So we're
0: gonna wrap up for today. But I feel like we could talk for hours. We've already talked for hours before <laughs> this, but I we know. could talk for hours more. And I would love if maybe we did another follow up, and people can. Um, jump in on Twitter at Dr. Amy Robbins and let me know what they'd be interested in hearing more about. Also if people want to read your article, it is on Oprah.com and it's called I Didn't Get to Say Goodbye. And you can actually
1: A Medium Changed My Life. And you can actually go to Oprah.com slash medium and you can get to the article that quickly. Even better. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much again today. And I can't wait to talk to you in the future on this
1: podcast. Me too. My pleasure.
0: Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Curious about what comes next and what it all means? You can subscribe on iTunes. Just go to podcasts and find life, death, and the space between and hit subscribe. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. Ask me any questions you might have. Let me know what else you'd love to hear about or just share your story. I can't wait to hear from you.